and that, for me it's been yeah just incredible like bringing all these people together uh, and i think you got my invite we have the seven million bikes third birthday coming up just in two weeks time uh, i'm really excited as well because obviously we have more guests in the in the past year and to bring more guests and more people together it's really exciting like when you put when i put the guest list together and it's just basically all the previous guests and friends of the show it's like wow it's uh it's pretty incredible yeah it's been really interesting to see how everything has grown from that and i think moving on to uh making seven million bikes more than a saigon podcast and now it's a vietnam podcast has really just expanded knowledge as far as like different communities that exist, other personalities to look out for when it comes to shows or different personalities. Even when I go back to the States, uh, that's, that's a really cool connection. Yeah. No, and it, the, talking about learning, I just, I've learned so much personally. Like I just think about how much I've learned from the guests and things like this. And every episode you learn something new and it, I feel really privileged to be in that position, you know, because like it's been three years now and I think to myself, well, if I hadn't done the podcast, I wouldn't know most of this stuff, you know, and, and you know as well, you've heard the episodes where we've interviewed Vietnamese boat people, we've interviewed children of Vietnamese boat people, we've interviewed people from Hungary, Switzerland, you know, all over the world that are connected to this country and it's, uh, you come to Vietnam and the thing we've talked about a lot on the show is the misconceptions of Vietnam or the perceptions of Vietnam. I remember going all the way back to the beginning, Lewis talked about, um, you know, his friends back home thought that Vietnam was all rice paddy fields and, and, you know, the countryside. And, and I love Tommy Puchinski's joke about his dad calling up and there's like noise in the background. He's like, what is that? A helicopter? And he's like, it's just a motorbike dad. <laughs> like, but because that's what Vietnam is, Everyone in the West, r rightly so, rightly or wrongly, but, you know, through the media, just think of Vietnam as the war. And then you come here and, and it's just so far from that. It's incredible. Yeah, it is incredible to have such a, to be in Saigon, such a major city and the, the how vibrant it is, but also how modern it is. I believe I came with three huge suitcases just to make sure that I would have things that I need or things that I wanted, comfort things. And lo and behold, I can find little stores that I can get Pop-Tarts. I can, I can get American products. Pop-Tarts. <laughs> that's, your, that's your first thing you think of, Pop-Tarts. That's the first thing that came to mind because I kind of want to get a box. <laughs> <laughs> See, we had Pop-Tarts growing up in the UK as well. They're, they're disgusting. They taste like cardboard. I've never been a fan, but Americans, you guys... Go nuts for them. I think it just depends on what mood you're in. Because sometimes it's just, I'm, I really need that foil. I really need the, the two pastries to put into the toaster. And you have to go for the strawberry or brown sugar. That's You're never going to fail with those two flavors. But do you not think, right, as you get older, I think back about breakfast cereals, like growing up, like I loved Frosties. And you're like, it was just sugar. And milk, like, why were we feeding, or why are people still feeding this to children? And Pop-Tarts are no different. It's like a breakfast food of pure sugar. You pop it in the toaster and that's your breakfast. That to me is so bizarre. But I think when you live, you know, 10,000 miles away from, because typically I wouldn't go to a grocery store and just get Pop-Tarts. I think it's the fact that it is a rare, 
a rare thing for me to like get. And I know that I'm going to feel good having it. So every once in a while, that Pop-Tart just hits the spot. There is a lot of stuff you can get here now. A lot of American products as well. Um, like those kind of candies. We were in the store up in Taurian recently and like Adrian was so nostalgic for so much of the, the candy. But when we first moved here, we were more worried about not being able to get wine and cheese rather than Pop-Tarts, to be honest. I think it's just everybody's got their own priorities. <laughs> you got the Pop-Tart priority. <laughs> now, you also um, did the Class Clowns course recently. We came and saw, we came and see, not get my grammar proper there. We came to watch you do stand-up comedy. You've done it before and then you've stopped. So tell us about when are you going to do comedy again? Why have you stopped uh, and will you do it again? Yeah, I am a reluctant comedian. Uh, you know, I think it was starting to listen to the podcast and coming in from Tuyomo on a regular basis to see comedy, to see the open mics. I was like, well, I can do that too. And it seems really fun. It is, but it's also really nerve-wracking. And it's not easy getting those jokes just down. Um, but I think, yes, that is the purpose of the open mics is to go ahead and do it as many times so you can get that set tight. I think I'm just lazy. <laughs> I want to, I would like to get it right the first time. Uh, I really enjoyed Class Clowns. It was with Kelso and JK, who are just two of the, I think, the most nurturing of comic comedians. People just getting people to come to the mic, I think that alone brings them joy. And again, it was every week I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I don't know if I'm going to do it. But I would work on it each week. So I think I think the time is, is one of the factors. Um, and quite frankly, there are just really funny people in Saigon that I'm intimidated. They're just some really funny folks. So I just kind of prefer to watch them because they do so well. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. It's interesting, a few things you said there, because I was actually talking yesterday and about how I forgot about that feeling in the beginning. Like I remember in the beginning, because I've been doing it now three years and it's pretty normal for me now. Uh, but in the beginning, you're just being terrified, like hands, like that whole Eminem, like your hands are sweaty, like you're like sick to my stomach, terrified to get up. I remember waiting for my turn and just sitting there and just feeling horrible, like horrible. You're just like, this is disgusting. Um, and I had someone as well recently say to me, and I've had it a couple of times like, oh, you're so brave. And I, I'm like, I don't think I am. I think I'm just stupid. Like I've always said that I don't think I'm, I never think of myself as brave. I think I'm just stupid that I'm like, yeah, I'll just go and do it. And I think back now, like you said as well, like you've got it, it. It did take a lot to keep going back up and it does take a lot and you have to just keep doing it till eventually, I guess it just becomes more normal, but it does take a lot in the beginning. I think it's also a certain personality. It's just like, I don't care what people think of me and I really care what people think of me. <laughs> And uh, I think a lot more than being funny, I kind of just want to rant. And maybe that could be funny. 
but I haven't figured out how to how to do that yet. So to to get five minutes of something that's going to get people to laugh, it's just, it's really kind of a struggle. Yeah, and it, like anything, it just takes practice. Because like you said, you want to just rant, and I think in the beginning as well, what put me off, I remember, was people you'd read advice and it was like, you know, you got to find your voice. And I was like, well, what is my voice? I don't really know. You know, you do, you've probably done it as well. You do your jokes in your head. I would, before I ever did comedy, I would daydream about me being on stage and what would I look like? What would it sound like? And then I think eventually, I think I read a, I think it was Bill Hicks that said it was just like, you are unique and your voice is your voice. So don't worry about like, just be yourself. And then that's your voice. And then that, I think that came through eventually. I was just like, well, just being me on stage. And then also the other thing was in terms of you like ranting at my, my thing was, I thought I would tell stories. So I thought it would be a storyteller because was, I'm Scottish and that's what we do. We tell stories, you know, and if, you know, if you ever meet like someone like my mum, she'll be telling you a story and she'll be like, you know, and, I, and then a red car went by and then, you know, I was talking to Jeannie and, you know, Jeannie, her brother's sister, she went to your school. You, you remember Tommy? He was at your school as well. And that day back in 2001 and he was wearing that grey shirt, remember? And, and so I kind of thought I would be a storyteller like that, but funny, <laughs> you know, and quite early on, I realised where, where is that fine? you don't get so many laughs and you, you know what it's like. You need laughs, right? Otherwise, not everyone does, I guess. And, and maybe some people are comfortable telling a story that only is going to get one laugh at the end, something like that. But, you know, generally I want to, you want to be up there making people laugh. So I think the biggest thing I learned was cutting all of that down to you, the bare bones, which is quite difficult because you, you just like, you want to be like joke, joke, joke. Um, so it's a big skill. But get up there and rant, mate. Just do it. You've got to keep going. I, I would have to say that I have been getting a lot of positive energy to get back up there. So it may happen. I would, if it does, hopefully this summer. I hope so. I hope so. And, that, and that, the last thing I just want to say is, well, that whole thing, like being intimidated, I can completely see that. And I remember that feeling as well. But you've got to remember all those people started off the same as you. You know, like I don't think I've ever seen... I've seen one or two maybe comedians, especially a couple of new comedians have just coming onto the scene who they're, they're so funny immediately. And you're like, how are you that funny? Like, um, but then they've got to sustain it, right? So just don't be intimidated. You just got to go and do it. And remember, we all started the same, right? hope you enjoyed this episode if you're like me you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public wi-fi this opens you up to digital snoopers it's a massive problem it can be your internet service provider or you know who looking at what you do online 
or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease, and I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers.